It's another Sunday night in studio right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And tonight we're going to find out a little bit about what it takes to be your own self-starter in Canadian comedy and also find out from someone who knows best what it takes to actually blow up online and be a social media comic. Is there such a thing? There is, and it's taken off big time right now. I'm Dean Young. You're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I woke up again this morning with the sun in my eyes when Mike came over with a script surprise. You are tuned into Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm, of course, Dean Young. We have uh, we have a good cast of characters in studio with us tonight. Returning to the show, we have Mark Anthony Synagoga. How are you guys? Coming at you. On Canadian Radio. And Jason Allen back in studio with us. Thanks for having me again. And of course, coming up on the line tonight, we're going to have a very special guest, Eric D'Alessandro, who is blowing up in online comedy, social media. We're talking about this a lot lately on the show. Uh, And of course, he's going out and doing live stand-up shows. And we're going to find out a little bit about uh, what the balance is between those two. Having this huge online following and a fan base and then going and doing what you might call traditional stand-up, live stand-up. But you guys... Jason and Mark Anthony, you guys are producing, you're doing a new show together mm-hmm. called The, the Belly B- and the Beard. And why, so fill our listeners in, they can't see you guys, obviously, right. that's how radio works. Mm, well, what's, what's the form, what's the idea behind this Belly and the Beard show? Well, I'm the belly because I'm 300 pounds. Okay. I think you, you made a fat joke right out the gate. Of Not the even intro. intentionally. I <laughs> so. said wine cast of characters and then I looked over and went, oh, well. And then you said no bit now. <laughs> then you said no pun intended. I know. I, it was yeah. intended. We know it was intended. It's okay. So well, I liked it. Yeah, I, I'm the belly, and he's clearly the beard because he's a ZZ Top looking guy, right? For the listeners. Yeah, Jason Allen. For our listeners who don't, uh, maybe you saw some photos of him before last time he joined us on the show. You kind of look like you would be like one of the like new gang members on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I'm like the only guy who gets patted down when he comes into the studio. It's yeah. a little insulting, but what are you gonna do? Well, you're in here representing Hamilton, too. Yeah. Some so love kinda, for the hammer. You have to look like a scumbag. Yeah, you have that. For, you're have, even wearing a Hamilton badge right Hamilton now. button on, too, from <laughs> Manola Santanos. It says, Hamilton, where dreams come to fight. <laughs> you can yeah. buy those off them after shows. So, It is true. That is where dreams come to fight. For for Yeah. It's a beautiful city, Hamilton. The city of waterfalls, right? Nobody knows it for that, though. But we do. We have the most waterfalls. But nobody, you never see one. No, I lived there for three and a half years doing radio there, and I never saw a a waterfall. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Saw a lot of neck tattoos and Dobermans. Yeah, it's a city of neck tattoos. Neck tattoos and, yeah, uh, payphones. Yep. If you're in the payphone industry, it's we the economy's do. booming. We still do have payphones. They too. and people use yeah. them. A lot of out of service bathrooms in Hamilton as well. <laughs> That's because <laughs> every Tim Hortons. When go we go to. there for paying customers, nobody listens. So we just go there out of order. Yeah, and then nobody goes in there to you know get high or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, That's uh, the problem. And the the whole parking lot is always just rascal scooters. Yep. You know, in the we but, get a lot of the scooters, um, both like the ones for like. You can't walk, and then those like electric bicycles. I was gonna too. say, and a lot of them are for like you can walk, but you like you don't want to. But you stopped. You yeah. stopped trying to. <laughs> you seems like a lot of work. It seems like a fat person thing, but I mean, whatever. I think it's just like you could fit your your beer and darts on the front thing. Yeah, 
I think it's that's true. what you it is. You get a nice basket and stuff like that. You get you a hit, carton of cigs and a case of uh, Laker or whatever, and uh, you hit fits the right no on frills there. too. Like yeah. the front with some like pogos or whatever. S- swing by Timmy's. Yeah, Listen, I'm Italian. I don't deal with pogos. I don't know what you guys. No, are that's not a thing. <laughs> I don't get this size by eating pogos. What the hell are we talking about, guys? Come on. <laughs> I do, do want to ask. <laughs> you guys both, both of you, for listeners who haven't watched you on stage, I would hope they have or checked you guys out online. You both have completely. You come from completely different places and. Stand-up, very different styles, very different backgrounds that plays into what you're both talking about on stage. Obviously, Mark Anthony, you do a lot of stuff about your upbringing, about your family. Jason, you do a lot of stuff about, I look like this, I live in Hamilton, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Very physical. How did you guys come together and do this? Like, what brought you two together specifically to do this completely different format that nobody else is doing? Honestly, that that is the reason why we're doing it, because we're both so different off stage and on stage. Yeah. So we thought we would make a great show, you know? Which I think is nice, right? Yeah. You package yeah. it up. You're giving your offering up something different that doesn't exist, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and you're just packaging a professional because you're both, mm. you're both. Despite being stand-up comics, you are mm. both very professional, business-minded artists. You see that they're fist bumping each other. They don't right say. They don't, they don't say that people, about. Yeah, people don't recognize that enough. Well, in I, Hamilton, I, I was going to say I get that all the time. I just feel like people in Hamilton don't get that. Uh, professional title that you're talking about no you're right that, <laughs> okay, like okay. It, hamilton very much has like a diy kind of like punk scene to it figuring it out yourself but i feel like there are more guys kind of figuring out the business side of things in hamilton and and making waves and like yeah, going yeah. across the country and stuff we got some good acts coming out of hamilton hamilton's interesting because it is this breeding ground especially the last few years of really strong stand-ups mm-hmm. really good stand-ups that want to be based there and there's sort of this struggle to build this scene there and get people to come out to stuff but it's this hotbed right now for good stand-ups yourself included of really course. starting to pick up for sure especially we got the new comedy club levity yeah which is uh just been firing on all cylinders getting some great acts in there and just like just working hard and just going around and when you see guys like Eric Johnson going on a cross country tour or right you see now yeah Michael mm-hmm. Moses starting to like headline Yucks Toronto and you see Manolis and Patrick Coppolino just working hard on the club and yeah it all starts to come together right? well that's the thing it's almost like you know and I did a few years in Hamilton myself and it's almost like everybody has this sort of blue collar working mentality to comedy right it's almost like treating it like a trade and putting in your time and building this thing there right yeah absolutely Uh, which you guys are of course doing together you're building this show mark anthony you're producing shows you guys are touring you're hitting the road we're going to get into more of that tonight uh what it takes actually to be your own kind of everything your own pr person your own booker your own promoter and just build this stuff yourself in canada and of course we have when we come back a very special guest on the line all the way from la we have eric d'alessandro coming up right here on inside jokes global news radio 640 toronto hey this is frank sparon and you're listening to inside jokes on global news radio 640 toronto Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Of course, joining us in studio, we have Mark Anthony Synagoga and Jason Allen from the new show The Belly and the Beard. Welcome back, boys. And also, we have a special guest all the way from L.A. on the line with us right now, Eric D'Alessandro, who is blowing up, blowing up in social media comedy. Uh, And we're going to find out a bit about what that's like versus, of course, you know, quote-unquote traditional stand-up. How's it going, Eric? It's going good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. We're in, well, we're not in L.A., but other than that, we're fine. Yeah, we're not, play- not missing much, no We're playing a little Brand Van 3000 just to bring you into the show. I, so you're originally from Staten Island, New York. 
Yes. Now you're out in LA, and so really, you, like, you're huge following right now. Like you really through through videos and through impressions and through sketches, you've built this massive online following. And we were curious to ask you, like, what? Wh- how do you how do you sort of take that audience that you've built online and translate that into going out and doing live shows and going out and doing stand up? So basically, um, I started doing stand up a couple years ago in New York, and um, I, I got my manager who was out here in LA. And then when I moved out here just for roles and stuff, I realized I had to sort of get noticed one way or another, because, you know, when you're hungry and trying to make it in this industry, you just you do anything. So I would go, I would do open mics. And then I realized that like the old open mic, uh, routine, or I guess just the tradition of like being seen as a stand-up comedian. Yeah. I felt needed a little bit, a little updating with like this today's entertainment and social media. So I figured like, instead of trying these bits out in front of other comedians who are just nervous about coming on stage and maybe getting like one awkward laugh because the other guys are so nervous. <laughs> let, me just try, yeah. let me try to do it. I'll do them on Instagram instead and let's see what happens. So I just, I work out bits on Instagram and if they do really, really well, then I know that those will pretty much do well in front of an audience. That's basically been my experience where if they, you know, if I get a video that only gets like 2000 likes may not be the best, but then I have some that blow up and have like 9,000. Okay. Well, this one's working. So that's basically what I, what I started doing. I also got a pretty big following back on Staten Island and like Brooklyn and Jersey uh, 10 years ago when I used to do YouTube videos a lot. But, um, yeah, it was just it was really just to get more uh, of attention to my my Instagram and stuff. So that way, because I, mean, I want to be able to sell a script to, just to show some tangible evidence that like I have people who follow me. Because I I've met so many great comedians in LA and their following is so poor on social media, but they're so respected in the in the on the club scene. But totally, yeah. The world the world that we're we're in now is not really doing that anymore it's like what you're following what you're following what you're following and it definitely works but um when you are the you know a small fish in a huge pond like i am in in la i go to the comedy store and they treat you like a nothing it's a raffle so i go there every monday i've never gotten picked and it's like well i can get fifty thousand people to laugh at this joke instead so that's kind of what, what i what i started doing when i moved out here which is kind of genius because a lot it's almost like an adapt or die thing and it's interesting because there are a lot of stand-ups you know like you said coming up the old school way where it's like you go you slog it out in these open mics you're doing time yep. in front of you know a room full of comics that they're just sitting there on their phones all they want to worry about is going up and doing their own time but exactly you know and a lot of these comics still kind of they still kind of thumb their noses at doing this social media stuff in a way but it's the way things are going like festivals are booking headliners now based on their social media presence based on their youtube channel their instagram and i i've never thought about it this way but actually using that as a way to just test out material yep that's and that's i i kind of i mean i'm not i'm not crazy enough to say that i'm the first but i've never seen anyone do it this way before yeah and i've been booking shows this way uh and i think obviously you have to have the base um of the foundation of, of an actual comedian. Like you have to have been on stage and have bombed and done to three people, no one laughing. Like you yeah. definitely need that. Um, but I, I've always had a problem with the open mic format because how am I supposed to know if material works if I don't have regular quote unquote, regular people in the audience, it's all nerdy comedians 
who like I do. I I I have a break. I have I have a I have a Drake bit in my act, and I do. If Drake was an airline um, attendant, a yeah. attendant rather, and I did that in New York a couple years ago, and I was like, hey, so how many people here are, are fans of Drake? Who, by the way, is the biggest rapper on the planet? And no one raised their hand. All these guys were just the weirdest, most awkward socially awkward comedians in the world and i'm like how am i if i did a show in front of normal people they're all gonna know who drake is yeah yeah i don't i don't really understand what the open mic is for besides getting rid of nerves because like you have to test your material out on regular people on on real audiences totally otherwise all you're really doing is just sort of committing to work out the bugs and sort of almost like memorize this new Mm -hmm. bit that you're working on right because it's really it's true it's not a good testing ground Exactly. And for up and coming comedians, how do you know if you're funny or not? If because that, that's the, the, the open mic is not really built for that. It's built for people to get the courage to go on stage. And like you said, memorize it, get the timing right. But like if you have all that and you've been doing it for three years, where are you supposed to be seen by regular people? That's interesting. I want to come back with more about this and also talking about how you've managed to, through doing that, you also managed to just completely build your own audience and build your own following so that when you go out on stage, you know that there's going to be people there who know your stuff and they're there to see you specifically. Uh, we're going to come back with more Eric D'Alessandro and, of course, Jason Allen and Mark Anthony Synagoga right here on Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Kenny Robinson, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm, of course, Dean Young. We're in studio with Mark Anthony and Jason Allen. And on the line from L.A., we have Eric D'Alessandro, who uh, we're talking about building your own following in social media. Of course, Eric, you've really successfully managed to do this and sort of just as a stand-up building your own audience through posting this stuff, and then you go out, you do a show, and you've brought your own crowd in that started following you online. Uh, I was curious, do you find right now in stand-up, do you almost get away with more in what you're posting online than you can on stage right now? Um, yeah, I mean, because there's, there's no heckling. I, I don't know, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, trolls, really, I guess. Yeah, the comments section. Yeah, I guess there's no dislike button. It's only, it's only a positive encouragement. Uh, I don't really get many negative comments. I got to be honest. Yeah. Um, well, now I'm probably opening the floodgates, but um, it, it's it, you know I, I've found that if people hate me, they just they just stay away from me. They don't really like do that whole thing of like complaining because I'm not. I haven't really broken into like the millions yet, where I guess people just hate you for existing. Mm. Um, I'm still I'm still building uh, that core audience. But it's interesting because if you go out, you get you book a theater somewhere, let's say, you know that the people who follow your posts online who are already fans of yours, that's who's coming out and filling those seats. You don't have to do that sort of roll of the dice that comics do where it's like, yeah, I got booked in this town, it's a 400-seater, but I have no idea if I'm going to be fighting with these people all night or what's going to happen. You've kind of almost eliminated that element from it in a way. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, and I, I, a lot of the show, like I have a show coming up in New Jersey, uh, and I just, it, it's very comfortable because everyone who basically bought tickets found out about it through my Instagram. So I have a lot more freedom to talk to the audience, to, to, to try things. Um, they just like, it's also that thing where they just laugh if I say anything. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's good and it's bad, you know, cause I, I do like to, to grow and know if something is funny or not. But you, you do have those th- moments, too, where it's like, I think this thing's going to kill, and then it's silent. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess that didn't work. And I guess so you... It, yeah, no, go ahead. 
Oh, well, I guess you could almost run the risk of putting yourself into a position, too, where you're going to get this huge following. You go out and do shows, and then you're going to get your own fans in the audience yelling like, yeah, do that character, though. Do this, instead of just being a stand-up and wanting to try out and play out some new stuff, right? Oh, dude, yeah, man. Uh, when I, I had a show back in Staten Island, uh, I had three sold-out shows in a row back in uh, the end of February, and the the first two nights were awesome, and then the last night, I don't know what it was, people were just, like, excited. They just kept screaming out. They kept throwing off the rhythm, and uh, it was fun. But at the same time, I was like, "But seriously, guys, uh, just keep your mouth shut." Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was. There was all. You know, it was also like, guys, this is a show. You know, also a lot of people don't know. Like, there are people out there who are fans of the material, and like I said, like you'll see a minute on Instagram, but then when you see me on stage, I'll do like ten to fifteen of the same subject uh, material. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, but there are some people like, I saw you a month ago. Is this show going to be different? And it's like, that's not how comedy works. I don't get a new hour in a month. <laughs> hey, Eric, this is Vince, producer uh, of the show. Uh, and I also follow you on Instagram. That's how I kind of flocked your way. Uh, by moving from New York, Staten Island, to L.A., is that something you have to kind of work on? Is the content? Because maybe the material just won't... Like, Los Angeles... To my recollection, is the biggest metropolis in North America without a little Italy. So, how do you adapt to kind of get the comedy to work out there? Oh, dude, um, that was the, the interesting thing is I'm like basically unknown out here. Um, my biggest following is from you know, the East Coast. I have a big following in Chicago, and that's kind of what I've done. Like, I used to run from doing like stereotypical stuff, like typical. Staten Island girl comedy that I did or the Italian comedy. But then when, once I moved out here, like um, what Dean was saying earlier, it's kind of like adapt or die. I kind of realized like I have to do what people want me to do instead of trying to branch out. So, so you're talking about like avocados and stuff now? Like what are you talking about? <laughs> so like, yeah, well, no, I mean like I, I also, I started to appeal to people outside of LA more by complaining about the lack of familiarity in LA. Like a big, a big thing that I got a following, like a, a big video that I did, was about how I'm not sure if Italians are white because of all the differences. Like, I, I always thought I was white growing up until you moved to California and you meet a bunch of blonde hair, blue eyed. Yeah, you know, we're so not white out there. We're so not white. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So it's like, it's like I didn't know if I was white. So I would do all these things. And that kind of re- that did really well. So I, I, I don't really get seen out here. It, it's interesting. Like, I'm here basically for auditions and my manager's here and stuff like that. But the, my biggest following isn't even in Los Angeles at all. It's, it's kind of nice, actually, because, like, you know, when I go back home, it's, it's a little rough because a lot of people know me. Staten Island's a very small place. And, like, I'll go to Target and a woman's like, do the one I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so out here I can, you know, I can be a complete unknown. And, and it's not, I'm, I, again, I'm not Justin Bieber, but... But uh, no, but do you feel I, like I you're getting back. typecasted, essentially not on your look, but even on your comedy, you're getting typecasted? Um, no, no, because out here, they don't know that about me. Okay, You know, enough. like, I still go out for anything, and I'm not known in the L.A. comedy scene. That's I kind of, like I said, like I said earlier, like, I would rather get known for uh, stuff that I have, I can control, instead of being at the mercy of some comedy club, if they like you or not, or if you play the politics game, or if you... You know, uh, if you had a fight with the wrong guy, now he tells the owner not to let you in and blah, all that crap. So 
I just really started to stick with the regional growth thing. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's, it's been working for me. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm like an unknown out here completely. You cut the middleman, essentially. Yeah, go right to, you know, go right to the source. Right to the source, right to the fence, that's it. Yeah, and actually, that's one thing I want to come back from break with is that you touched on a point here that definitely our two Canadian comics in studio can relate to is just being in a place that is so oversaturated with comics and and people flocking to it from everywhere to try and make it, how you kind of can rise above the pack and, and stand out and have your own voice be known and just sort of build your own thing in that kind of environment. So we're going to come back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hey, this is Ali Hassan and... Uh you really can have it all if you're listening Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. If you're listening right now and you didn't know this, your eyes can have it all. <laughs> With Hakeem Optical. Oh, wow. Right? Did you know that? Even I in L.A. I didn't, I didn't think my eyes could have it all. Your eyes can have it all now. Thank you to Hakeem Optical. That's yeah. why. Uh, we're back with more Inside Jokes. We, of course, have Eric D'Alessandro on the line all the way from L.A. And uh, we're talking today uh, about sort of, you know, not just building your online following. And, of course, uh, Eric, you very successfully so far built this audience online, uh, social media following. But how you sort of translate that to being in a place like L.A. And here in Canada, our version of that is Toronto, basically, where you, you're in a place where everybody... Everybody pouring your coffees, everybody bussing your tables, everybody you look at on the street is an aspiring comic or actor or all of the above. So how you sort of build your own audience from scratch and just try and do it yourself and just try and sort of get your head above the pack, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, that's, kind, of, that's kind of what I've done is uh, through just the beauty of social media and like YouTube and stuff. That's amazing. And that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just blown away. Powerful, yeah. powerful words from Mark Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you do, you, you definitely, you definitely face the taboo of people like, you know, like you said before. Maybe some comedians still um, like look down on the social media, like quote unquote comedian. Yeah, but I think, I, I think with me in the last five years of my life doing things behind the scenes, getting that foundation where, you know, if you booked a YouTuber to do uh, comedy on stage, you'd sniff him out in a second and think this kid doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. But since I have, I did, I did, you know, get, I did, I put my work in over the last five years of, you know, going to places where no one knew me and and trying to get people to show up and and, uh, doing three minutes here and five minutes there. So I think once you have that, then the social media stuff can can happen because um, otherwise people do just look at you as like oh what are you a YouTuber like they I, I definitely like was afraid of that and I fought that for years but it didn't get me anywhere. Well, it's, a, it's know, an ongoing it's debate that we have here on the show, Eric, the totally. social media comic versus the traditional stand-up comic. One of the things that I do think that you've kind of raised the bar on is this whole bit you do with the emojis like i've never seen that done before and it's the number one thing that i'm like who is this kid i gotta i gotta find out more like it's genius is okay we're shooting high for the stars on that one but i mean it's it's damn creative man you you built like a sitcom well it's almost like eric i love how you you came at it i think uh, the right way because you put in your time as a stand-up and coming from New York New York is a place where New York crowds want to hear New York comics talk about New York things right it's very regional and of course we yeah. and the comics in studio with us right now know about this we definitely fall into that trap in Canada too 
where you go out on the road and it's like, oh, but I'm talking about very cliche sort of Canadian things. But you did mm-hmm. your time as a stand-up. You already knew that world. You already had your chops. And then you saw this opportunity to go, wait a second, why don't I just build my own following online when other people were just like turning that down? And it's interesting that you said too, by the way, how you'll get YouTubers and stuff come out and get booked on festivals now. We've had that a lot in Toronto the last couple of years. And they've never done stand-up first. So they come out, they do, they have 50,000 people that want to come out and watch them. But then they've got to fill an hour with like... Live. You know, yeah. live. And it's like they're going to do like a TED Talk or something, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's weird. I think um, also uh, what happened was a lot of people didn't know that I was like an actual comedian. They thought I was just like, you know, this Instagram kid. So once I booked a show and people saw that, oh, my God, he booked shows, it started to really, I started to book more and more and more. It was quicker and quicker. So it was, if anything else, man, it was, it was just a great way to, to stay out here, to, to make money and not have to worry about waiting tables or, you know, doing the stuff that, like, makes you worry about when your next paycheck's going to come from. It gave me the creative freedom to just wake up and work on material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, man, you hit it out of the park on that, yeah. I wanted to ask, um, this is Jason Allen, by the way. Uh Hey, do you, do you find like some clubs are coming around now, like clubs that maybe used to make you like do a draw or just hit the open mic? Are they noticing your social media following and suddenly calling on you and you're getting into comedy clubs as well? Yeah, does that have any credit out there? Um, so no, not 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 really. I mean, okay, here's how I sort of view the whole thing. Like, so at the Comedy Store Laugh Factory, they're so above, like, they're like royalty that they don't even need to look anywhere else because they already have flocks and flocks of the greatest comedians on earth coming there every weekend. And they have everyone, you know, drooling at the mouth to try and get on uh, on stage. They're, they're like way too above to even like worry about that. But then I, I have done, you know, there's this place Cantor's Deli, which is like a, a, a known spot here in L.A., but it's literally an open mic in the back of a bar. Yeah. So, like, I would do a couple of those, and then it was just, again, it just felt, it felt old. I think the, there was this, I don't know if you guys, like, I, I'm a big fan of, like, I'm sure we're all big fans of films and stuff, but, like, I, I remember in college I was learning about how the vaudeville comedians and artists they all kind of like rolled their eyes at this quote unquote new thing called movies and television. They yeah, thought, this yeah. is not, this is not art. This is not performing. And we all know how that went. So I think that the social media thing, it's, it, it, you're just going to get left behind if you don't hop on now, because that's how, you know, think it, it's not slowing down. It's getting every year, it's getting crazier and crazier, Absolutely. And crazier and crazier. So it's like, that's, you have to, you know, again, adapt or die. So um, I don't really, the, the cool thing is like, I don't even think about the clubs anymore because once you get to, a, I've seen my friends, man, like my friend just hit over a million followers. He's not a comedian. He's just like a, just, just a sexy guy on, on Instagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you'd be, you'd be surprised at the opportunities come, that come his way and the money he makes. It is. It's where, and, where things are flowing. Absolutely. So it's like if you get to a million, there's it's just it's a whole different ball game. And, and like, I think that's the best message of tonight. He's talking about the Maria emojis. Like I want to make that a cartoon. That was always my intention with that. And I'm writing a movie. And it's like if you get to a point and the studio comes to talk to me, it's like okay, here's the tangible evidence 
here's as much, this is how much money people are willing to spend for me, this many people. That's like doing 10 years of stand-up work in a year. So yeah. it, 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 it just such, it's just such a quicker way to, to do things. It totally is. And it, again, adapt or die is the message of tonight. Uh, where can people follow your stuff again, Eric? At Eric D'Alessandro. It's the longest last name in the history of the world. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm Eric D'Alessandro everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And it's working for you. Thank you again so much, man, for calling in from L.A. Uh, make sure you go check out Eric's stuff. And if you do get a chance to see him live where he's performing somewhere, watch him online. Check him out if you haven't yet. And then go see him live. Eric, thanks again, man, for joining us tonight. Of course. Thank you guys so much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, this is Your Name Here. Oh, wait. This is Peter Anthony. I get it now. And you are listening to Inside Jokes. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Oh, yeah. It is a crazy train. In studio tonight, Inside Jokes, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. What a show we've had so far. We just hung up with Eric D'Alessandro coming in from L.A. Uh, give, I think some good words of wisdom for Canadian comics, mm-hmm. especially just sort of Break out of your comfort zone, post stuff online, build your own audience, Mm -hmm. especially in Canada, so that you don't have to worry about driving 40 hours or whatever in the snow to just show up at a place where there's three people and you're staying in a a hojo with bugs under the mattress and you just want death to take you away while you sleep. Um, It's not always that bleak, but you know, still, go out, build an online following. We, of course, have Jason Allen, Mark Anthony, Synagoga in studio with us. Uh, And you guys are building your own indie shows. That's what you got to do. And have you... I have to ask, because, I mean, you guys are doing both. You guys are working at the clubs, you're hitting the road, you're touring, all the stuff that Canadian comics have to do. You're, of mm-hmm. course, doing this belly and the beard show together. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that balance between producing your own stuff, trying to get booked with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Have you guys, especially after talking to Eric, have you guys ever thought about breaking into that world where you can just really oh. do this social yeah. media following? I try to. It just doesn't, you know, It's I think consistency is the main thing. Yeah, And yeah. I never stick with something that often. And, like, he's got a really good point, like, doing bits online is great i was going to ask him if that translates to like having the same confidence as you do on, on the stage. screen versus on stage yeah and yeah, how that yeah. works because sometimes it's totally different like you're almost building a whole new personality you know yeah what I mean? yeah on, online but it definitely helps now. you can cut out the clubs and you can book your own theater you can jam it with your own fan base so when we do do belly in the beard and we go to kitchener or ottawa or whatever we can just say hey i'm here and it just yeah the outreach is huge right and that's is, part of yeah. the goal right like part of the goal would be i'd love to get to a place like, don't get me wrong i love doing the clubs and i feel like i'll always do clubs no matter what i think that there's something very special about comedy clubs and yeah, i love the atmosphere there. yeah yeah and I, I really like doing stuff like that but at the same time i'm handing out follow me cards after shows i'm trying to build the social media following i'd like to get to a place where i could go to a venue and be like yeah i'll take your door deal because I know I can fill it, and I know I'll make the yeah, money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I have people coming in, and I want to see Canadians support Canadian comics. So follow people once you see them on shows and buy their albums and you know support yeah. support mm-hmm. local if you can. And I think that's, for Canadian comics, that's probably the best opportunity right now is doing that because you know we live in a place where, let's say you get booked by Absolute Ottawa for the weekend. So yeah. you go up there, you do your shows. People are coming out who might regularly go to that club, but in Canada, 90% of the time, no one knows who Canadian comics are outside mm-hmm. of each other, right? Outside of other yeah. comics. Yeah. Even no matter how good or how long you've been at the game or how many credits you've got, yeah. we just don't have that household thing. Yeah. But if you build this social media stuff, 
you could go book your own theater. I mean, Mark Anthony, you've been booking these theater shows for years. You can go and just fill the place and be like, yep, that's me from my Instagram. And it, honestly, it's a name draw. Like, I always get that on the phones. They're like, well, which comedians are coming that have a name draw? I'm like, nobody in the country has a name draw no, yeah. below a certain level, right? So, like, social media gives you that name draw power quicker than I think any other way than, you know, being Jerry D on CBC or whatever, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So I think below Jerry D, it's like, who really is going to pack the place? Because no one knows who you are, even yeah. if you do have a, an award or whatever, right? So Yeah, because you kind of have to, you have to build your own hype and you also have to sell it more on not who you are, but what what makes that show different. Yeah. It's like when, when Kenny Robinson and Darren Frost, they go across the country doing this rank and vile tour, mm -hmm. even though those guys have been around for decades and Kenny's like the godfather in Canadian stand-up, mm -hmm. a lot of Canadians, for the most part, still don't know who these guys are necessarily. They might recognize them from something. Mm -hmm. So they go to these places and they sell it more on, this is a show that has been around for this many years. This is the filthiest thing you will see. Nothing else like this is passing through your town. Mm -hmm. Don't miss this, you know? And I think that's one of the major differences with the U.S. and Canada is like we're forced to think of things like that, taglines yeah. for yeah. shows and yeah. like selling the show creatively than being like, I'm Mark show up because I'm the best and I have a thousand million followers or whatever, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is so. a few things where like in the States, you can build a following on the road as well because <clears throat> there's just more clubs and there's just yeah. more venues yeah. and there's more people. And also people in America still buy into the American dream of like, I want to watch this guy because he might be famous someday. Exactly. <laughs> like here we have the geography of it even is just a physical factor being so a Canadian spread comic. out, man. Yeah, it's true. And it's like winter six months out of the year. And <laughs> yeah. It is. Like you got, you got people driving five, six hours to Ottawa, Montreal to just go yeah. and do seven minutes of stage time. It's a snowstorm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's totally like true. Crazy. So you kind of have to build that stuff online. Okay. Well, I want to bring the listeners into a little bit of a debate that was going on on commercial break here, here in the studio. Apparently, so you guys teamed up to do this belly and the beard show but apparently you guys have had this sort of feud yes. going on since day one so it is who is and of course we had crazy train who's the better ozzy osbourne is it solo ozzy or sabbath ozzy yes and sabbath okay let's put it this way he reunited with sabbath if he was so good on his own why do a reunion well, with the band you were so good to leave? That is totally not even... Also, he didn't even leave. He got asked to leave. Oh, my God. Yeah, he got asked to leave and then did way better. And then they brought him back. He's still touring. Ozzy came, like, what, three months ago? Mm -hmm. He was here doing stadium he still. He won't remember I've that, seen but yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I, he wouldn't remember. I've seen Sabbath, and I've seen Ozzy. Sabbath is better the crowd, the fans are more loyal. Sabbath was the band who influenced metalheads. Ozzy was a solo act who already jumped in on, who jumped in on glam metal, which was already like being like, you know, which is already introduced by like Van Halen and certain bands like that. Yeah. You know, he jumped onto something that was already going. When he was with Sabbath, he actually created something. First of all, hit for hit here. Like you're, you're bringing in a lot of things hit that I don't hit. even think matter. But either way. <laughs> I honestly, Ozzy's hits are just like you name me one Sabbath you, hit, you I can, can name you two Ozzy hits. Of, you can hear a bunch of hits just on the radio, and if you don't recognize them or you're not like a fan, that doesn't mean that you don't like these songs. It doesn't mean you don't go crazy when you hear War Pigs on the radio or yeah. Paranoid or Iron Man. There you go. That's or all the Leaf. Okay, four. Or, no, it's <laughs> so it. crazy. <laughs> or 
No, no one knows that one. Everybody See, knows this that one. Is why. Fairies wear boots. Everybody knows these songs. No, if you hear them, <laughs> nobody knows. The other these thing songs. is, I'll say is that they influenced people. When people always argue about the best two bands, it's always Beatles and the Stones. It should be Beatles and Sabbath. Every metal oh, band. Are you listening to this guy? Every metal Get band. Get this guy out of here. Stones, are you serious? The Stones are just some blues band. They could be playing at any bar at any time. You should throw a bottle at them. They. They embody rock and roll though more than any. He's like, just no. he's not. If, if, if Black not Sabbath created a whole music genre, you can't look at Queens of the Stone Age and be like, oh, they didn't listen to Black Sabbath. Well, you know what? That's you a whole can't. other show. But I will say, by the way, speaking of the Beatles, they didn't know how to write a song until they met Bob Dylan. So that's just a whole other thing for a whole other day. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have been just doing boy band for like the rest of their decade together. Uh, but this is the beautiful thing. This is a good example right here of why you two are so different. Yep. And what people could see smashed together when they come out and see Belly and the Beard. Yep. You guys might fight about this on stage. I don't know. We should. Uh, standing together, the they look like the number sure. 10. And then standing together, they look like the number 10. If the number that one, one let himself go. Time. All right. I'm furious. Maybe we'll put a little poll on our social media here for Inside oh, we're Jokes. This. We're people this. can vote on this. Support Mark or support Sabbath. Jason. We're going to come back with more Inside Jokes right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hi, this is John Oakley. Just thought I'd stick around in the studio for Inside Jokes to die for, right here at 640. Now, back to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Yeah, I love this one. I could drum this in my sleep. (laughs) Go on. When it kicks, though, when it kicks in, baby, you know, I could teach a four year old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, We're yeah. Late 60s, early 70s. This is the birth of metal happening. This is a fusion of, of things going on, mm-hmm. you know. It was nowhere near time for the solo artists of the 80s. This was like they were doing something new. Mm-hmm. That's what I can say. Anyways, we're in studio with Mark Anthony Sinagoga and Jason Allen. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, why? It's the end of the show. Mm-hmm. You missed so much. We were I, we covered a weird ground today, I feel yes, like. It was fun. We had Eric, Eric D'Alessandro on the line from L.A. We were talking about blowing up in social media comedy and why it's time for comics to start recognizing that as a legitimate form. Uh, we were talking about you guys hitting the road together, producing shows together. And then uh, things devolved into a, a huge blow-up debate about uh, Ozzy Osbourne Mark versus Black Anthony Sabbath. Mark the kind of guy, if you open a door for him, he doesn't say thank you. He tells you to screw off. That is ridiculous. <laughs> That's exactly what that is ridiculous. I hold the door for people all the time, and I say thank you. He's a nice Italian boy. He was raised, you know, Come right? On. Yeah, come on. That's what I, that's what you're doing to Black Sabbath. They open the door for all these people, and you're like, yeah, well, whatever. No, I just I, listen. I love them and I respect them, but Ozzy's better by himself. That's right. just how that works. That's I do want to because you guys are so different. Mm-hmm. How does that translate to the stage? People come out and watch the Belly and the Beard. What is this show all about? They just get to see a wide range of material. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Different I feel, walks of life. Yeah, you know? coming together. Coming together. Yeah. To... We actually are good friends. We actually, we are. I feel like, like you this, have to. we're actually good friends. That's so. the thing, because you do get these pairings that are complete opposites in Canadian mm-hmm. comedy, but yep. that's because 
you're going to be spending so many hours in a car together. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in some crap motel together. You're going to you so you have to be with somebody that you work well with on stage, mm-hmm. but also don't want to murder in their sleep off stage of is course. also important. You know, and, that's the thing and we have we, the same argument the whole time, whether it's in the hotel room or in the always, car. Yeah, and you guys are pretty balanced comedians as far as off stage yeah. life goes. I mean. Yeah. Jason's married. He's a married man. Yeah, Mark's you're, getting married next year. You're getting year. married. Craziness. You're a nice, you know, suburban Italian boy. You guys aren't like trashing motel rooms and doing lines no. of coke uh, off of no, things. No, you know, no, no. there's not we're any not of this Ozzy going on. Osbourning it up. Or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wish we were. Black Sabbathing it up. Yeah. See exactly, because you can't. You say that. What does that mean? It means nothing. It means <laughs> one of us would leave. Yeah, that's what. Because it would if be. we were Black Sabbathing it up, we'd be starting a revolution. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. If we're Ozzy Osbourning it up. We're trashing people's belongings Very and rude. making billions. A of dollars over 30 years. I don't you know know. Keith Moon did it too. That's just that's rock and roll, baby. Uh, so when when can people watch this Belly and the Beard show? Where are we doing this? We got a coming couple up? bangers coming up. We're uh, in Renfrew, Ontario, just outside of Ottawa. Yeah, the Northern Ramble, and that's uh, 420 yo. April 20th. Beautiful. We'll be at that's Northern perfect. Ramble, the Northern mm-hmm. Ramble. That will be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm even more excited about just because I know some people there and I got family there and stuff too. Uh, but we're doing the Schwaben Club in Kitchener, Ontario, yep. May the 4th, Saturday, May the 4th. It's an 8 p.m. show, $20 tickets. You can grab them at Eventbrite. If you take your time, you'll have to pay 25 at the door. So Beautiful. Yeah. Go, go check out Belly and the Beard. And, of course, Mark Anthony, you have the Comedy Carousel coming up. Yeah, yeah. We're both part of a collective Funny Man Entertainment. We run a monthly show called Comedy Carousel, which is the last Saturday of every month at Comedy Bar. It's a new format show. It's sort of Perfect. like stand-up version of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And, yeah, the other Funny Man stuff is just we're doing shows cross-country right now. So we've got shows going in, like, six provinces at the moment. Yeah, so, yeah. Keep them busy. Just follow us at funnyman.ca. And now for this week's comedy listings. Check out comedybar.ca for tickets to Comedy Carousel and yes. just the new formats that pass through there all the time. Hit up Bad Dog Theater. Hit Absolute Comedy. Uh, hit up these clubs in Toronto and across Canada. Go see live comedy. And, of course, follow Funny Man and Eric D'Alessandro online. Uh, and keep it tuned in right here to Global News Radio 640 Toronto for the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week featuring Eric D'Alessandro. Yo! How was your date with Joey? We went to Chili's. He took you to Chili's on Valentine's Day? Yeah, it was nice though. I had a really good time. So what, are you like hooking up now? He hasn't texted me. What do you mean, since when? Since that night, I was like... Text me when you get home. And he didn't? No, and then I woke up. I was like, oh my God, he's dead. It's kind of dramatic, but okay. But then I seen he posted a picture on Instagram and I was like, oh, I mean, I guess it could have went a little better. What do you mean, how? Well, he ordered a bunch of appetizers and they were all like really spicy. You didn't tell him you had a bad stomach? No, I was too embarrassed, so I just, like, kept eating. But then, like, I really had to go cocky. Oh, no, you did cocky at the table? No, but, like, I really had to go, and I was just, like, I kept sweating, and then I then I was doing farts. I mean, that's definitely disgusting, but, like, you can't help it. I know. I know. 